This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome aboard. My name is Adam Ritz. On the phone with me is Jay Baker. We're talking public affairs. Hi, Jay Baker. How are you? I am doing great. It's been a great week in public affairs. I can't wait to unpack it. Let's uh, let's tear it apart right now, uh, beginning with a story. This, this makes me feel um, lazy, and uh, it makes me feel inspired. Uh, I actually thought about this story this week as I went for a run when I didn't want to go for a run. Uh, we talk a lot about health and fitness on this program and uh, just getting outdoors and having a better uh, quality of life for yourself. Well, 98-year-old Betty Lindberg uh, ran a 5K recently. And um, for those of you that don't uh, know the uh, uh, kilometer to miles uh, <laughs> um, translation um it is uh, about three miles uh, a 5k is about a three mile run so yeah you know you think about uh just going out right now if you left your office or your house right now and went and ran three miles i mean could you do it uh, most american uh, americans uh, cannot in fact i think the um the statistics i i heard was only um less than less than 10 percent of americans can run a mile in 10 minutes or less that's one mile interesting uh, and, and that and like you said that's 10 percent. Yeah. that's one in 10 yeah and it might even be lower than that like five percent uh at any rate uh betty lindberg is 98 years old she just ran a uh a 5k in uh in atlanta in the uh, public's atlanta 5k she did it in 59 minutes and six seconds uh, <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> and um, she holds the world record for uh, persons 95 to 100 years old. She broke that world record uh, in 2022, and uh, she beat the world record by like 28 minutes. So prior to her, prior to, prior to 2022, the world record was like an hour and 28 minutes for a person 95 to 100 years old running a 5K. She went out and did it in uh, you know in 50 some minutes. Uh, killed the uh, the world record. In fact, that that was her world record: fifty nine minutes and six seconds. And then here recently, just in the cap- past couple of weeks, she she went out and ran the five k again in uh, in about fifty nine minutes. So, you know what? It's 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 hard to do. It's hard to to get off your couch sometimes. But my gosh, Jay, if if ninety year ninety eight year old Betty Lindbergh can do it, can't we do it too? Well, you raise a great point. You can start at any part of your life and actually do some very positive things for your health and well-being. And it was funny you brought this up because uh, there are several different programs out there. If you do a search for Couch to 5K, there is an actual curriculum, if you will, that guides you from Hey, you're totally inactive to being able to run just a little bit over three miles in a 5K. And it's not a bad goal for many people. In fact, we've kind of recommended you and I have 
been engaged in the past with long distance running. And the 5K is kind of a really cool length to get yourself engaged with because it's three, 3.1 miles, you know? And it's it's a long enough distance for bragging rights and to make yourself feel like you did you really accomplished something, but it's not so long that that if you know you're not going to get injured or or push yourself too far. I mean, she's 98 years old and she did it right. in, in about an hour. That's about you know it's if you can walk 20 minutes uh, a mile in 20 minutes that that's the pace. Um, and while that may be uh, not that quick for a 18 year old, for a 98 year old, that is amazing. It's just absolutely yes. amazing. And I love your thought of couch to 5K because. Uh, you know there are there are half marathons and marathons and Ironmans and and whenever people think about getting out to run or putting on the track shoes or a sports bra, it's a little daunting to think. My gosh, I I don't know if I could go run ten miles. Well, you don't have to. Right. You know, maybe just pick that goal of a five k. Um, well, and that's the thing. If you can do a five k under let's say forty five minutes. I mean, you're actually at that point considered an athlete and you're doing more than, you know, 10% of America. So, yeah, you know, nicely, I think the bar is what we say, very obtainable. You know, we're going to double dip here because we talk a lot on on the show about uh, joining some sort of charitable event for entertainment purposes. So whether it's a silent auction or a concert that benefits uh, a charity, you know, your purchase of the ticket, your purchase of the auction item goes to charity. And, oh, hey, you get a great night out. You get some fun and some entertainment. With, with these 5Ks, nearly all of them benefit somebody. There's some sort of charitable angle. So you can tackle your health and fitness by training for a 5K. Then when you sign up uh, to do the 5K, your registration fee is probably going to help feed the hungry or buy shoes for people that need shoes or something like that. And then I guess the third uh, leg of this three-legged table is you get some entertainment out of it. I mean, it's a great way to spend the morning. You There's usually like a DJ at the start-finish line playing music. When you cross the finish line, they're passing out bananas and granola bars, and it's just a great way to meet people, and it's it's kind of a fun party atmosphere. No, absolutely, and a lot of times there's a very nice T-shirt involved, and then you wear that around (laughs) your friends, and they're like going, oh, what's this thing about a 5K? And you go, oh, this old rag? Yeah, Yeah, I just ran the 5K about six weeks ago and, uh, you know, donated money to charity and uh, finished in about uh, 36 minutes. So I guess that makes me better than you. That's a a great point, Jay, because... You know, the Chicago Marathon, for example, you do not have to qualify for that. So if you register for the Chicago Marathon, I don't know what it costs now. I, I haven't done I did it in 20 years ago. And let's just say it's for, for easy math, it's $100. Register for the Chicago Marathon. Go to Chicago, pick up your packet. You'll get a bunch of little coupons for stuff around Chicago and maybe uh, a discount uh, for a new pair of shoes at a running store in Chicago. And you'll get your Chicago Marathon shirt. And you don't even have to run the Chicago Marathon. <laughs> you just wear the shirt. No, just, and just wear the shirt. Just tell people what a grueling experience it was, and you won't be lying because it was probably grueling just to go pick up the shirt. <laughs> I mean, parking was terrible. <laughs> you can't believe the parking. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, but I still have my Chicago Marathon shirt, and it's old and torn and ratty and stained, but I still wear it with pride because, darn it, I ran those 26.2 miles. 
my my have I have the limp in my hip still to to prove it. Um, oh, absolutely no. But you, you and I, we've always talked about this. Uh, I, I love running in general, and some of these lower distances, like the five and ten k, are very. Uh, doable distances for people in in moderate shape and so uh you know we've always talked about on this show is that we can share with you hundreds of surveys about you should you know live this lifestyle or eat this diet but all roads lead back to can you stay active and can you stay active in a fun enough way that it's called sustainable Mm -hmm. because you and i know if you signed up for the military and they put you through basic training, that's great. But most people would go, oh, about 10 minutes of this is all I can handle. <laughs> At least with a, a running program for the 5K, you'll actually get some fun out of it, I believe. Well, Jay, let me wrap this up. I have a correction. Uh, I said that Betty set the world record, uh, which is true, but I had the time wrong. So in, in 20, uh, 2018, she set the world record at 55 minutes 48 seconds and oh. here uh, just recently she did it uh, again in 59 minutes and four seconds so her her time uh, recent time 5904 was not the world record that's that's her record two years after she set the world record so she set the world record at age 96 and she just lost a minute or two uh in her 98th year uh, crossing that finish line at 59 minutes and four seconds. So there's a goal for you and I when we turn 98 years old. Let's go run a 5K, do it under an hour, and see if we can beat Betty. Well, I don't disagree. And one of my goals is let's try and make it to 98. Yeah, that's the first step. Let's <laughs> that just see if we can pretty hit. daunting. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations, Betty. And uh, to anybody else doing a 5K this spring, uh, perfect time of year to, to get out, get some fresh air, help out a charitable cause, get your free T-shirt that costs you $28 in your registration, and see what kind of time you get during your 5K. We wish you the best of luck. Well, Adam, anybody that's listening to our show knows that we are in the midst of the men's double A, well, I should say the men's NCAA basketball tournament. Now, that's its traditional name, but what is it known by? We can call it March Madness because we're not, we, uh, we did not sell any sponsorships, so there's no money no. to be made uh, with that trademarked term. But you and I laugh because as broadcasters, we've had to studiously avoid certain mentions of, you know, certain events because those names are indeed copyrighted in much the same way that every year we have to say the bowl that is particularly super. The super. Yeah. And I, I just we were talking about that today. Somebody referred to it as the superb owl. <laughs> <laughs> the superb owl. That's so, too funny. spacing matters. Is it Super Bowl or Superb Owl? Well, now, as we record this, we're in the process of making those 68 teams go to 16. And then, of course, after the 16, there comes, of course, uh, championship weekend. But uh, it is interesting. You know, this tournament has become so big. And there's always that first question mark, too. Even if you say, we're going to set the tournament at 64 teams, there's always those handful of teams that are still like, you know, these are pretty good teams. They ought to be at least considered. And a few years back, 
the tournament officials actually created an event called the First Four. And it's kind of caught on that there are eight teams competing for spots inside the tournament. So instead of a field of 64, you get a field of 68. But you know what? I'm a traditionalist, an old school guy. It, the tournament it, it, I, it does not start till Thursday. Vegas agrees with me because any sort of bracket you're doing isn't due until Thursday. So right. well, and you won't even know who those those four teams, uh, those two winners are going to be to sneak into the dance. So uh, yeah, the tournament uh, 64 teams starts on Thursday, and you cannot talk me into otherwise. But I appreciate well, your you, sentiment. There you go. And you talked about the brackets now. Uh, there are two big schools of research out there. They vary a little bit with the numbers, so it's interesting. They say that over 10% of Americans will wager over $100 million on games during the NCAA tournament. However, there is another organization that looks at gambling from all forms of gambling, including Uh, You and I've talked about now many states have okayed sports betting and you can literally just take an app on your phone and midway through the game wager if you would like. Uh, But they include in that group say that there will be $10.4 billion spent on the tournament. That if you so that's at, quite a leap. That's a big difference. And if you asked me what the number would be, I, I was going to say when you said one hundred million dollars, I thought that was way low. Ten yeah, billion. I thought so too. I, yeah. You know, I certainly I'm not going to gamble ten billion dollars on the games. But uh, if a hundred million people in America are gambling on these games, uh, ten billion doesn't seem that outrageous. Um, it doesn't at all. And it, you'll appreciate this, uh, Nielsen the company that does market research for a number of companies, the Nielsen firm said last year there were 73 million Americans that uh, filled out over 170 million brackets, both privately and online. Yeah, that's, you know, and we did it here at the office and uh, no, with no money exchanged. It's just for bragging rights. I think the winner probably gets a free lunch uh in the kitchen of the office building but um yeah tons more brackets completed than actual monies gambled uh but it's important to note during this time of year with all that money leaving bank accounts uh there are a lot of people that do it for fun uh and there are a lot of people that are addicted to it that can't afford to lose that money and then do so by all means, if uh, if you or someone you know or love has some sort of gambling addiction and or problem, uh, maybe keep an eye on them uh, during this time of year with the with the betting and the gambling again. And with your phone, it's so easy to do now. Uh, if your loved one is on the couch and you just think they're on Facebook or scrolling through email, they might be losing the mortgage. So maybe just keep an extra eye out uh, for these type of gambling issues. No, you're absolutely correct about that. And there are a number of ways to get help if you are addicted to gambling. Now, speaking of addicted to gambling, you might be uh, infringing a little bit on your work time. In fact, uh, this was verified by more than one source. The productivity loss uh, for America during this time period has been estimated to be around one9 
billion dollars. <laughs> that's, that's in people standing around talking about the tournament, filling out bracket, <laughs> and, and or taking some time off, following, watching their team play. But $1.9 billion. Only in America, the greatest country on the planet. I... I have a, a real life example of this. Um, so during the first uh, weekend of the games, uh, number thirteen seed Furman beat number four seed Virginia, which is, uh, you know, a lot of people in the office had Virginia in the Sweet Sixteen and beyond. So first, you know, a one and done first game of the tournament, Furman uh, wins on a last second nearly last second three-pointer and i'm going to estimate about 15 people were standing around the tv in the office for at least the last 10 minutes of the game and then at least another 10 minutes after the game was over just trading stories and talking about how unbelievable it was (laughs) so what you do is you take you take these 20 people's salaries right uh you know i was there too so take my salary and you prorate it as to you know what we all make in a 20 minute period of the day and that is and throw that into the bucket of productivity loss we we contributed to the 1.9 billion dollars lost during uh, the men's tournament because of just standing around talking about the games and not working <laughs> i think it's just part of americana you must contribute to lost wages <laughs> yeah so maybe you know over the course of the year i owe my company 20 minutes of my time to make up for it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Now, you'll appreciate this. Everybody, of course, when you first look at that blank sheet, your bracket, you know, so easy to run it off the copier and hand it out in your office setting. Uh, you look at that and you think, oh, you know, I'm pretty sure I've, I've been kind of following college hoops. I'm pretty sure I can uh, handle this. In fact, A perfect bracket is not out of the question. Well, you'll appreciate this. There was a new analysis done on picking a perfect bracket, and the number is 1 in 9.2 quintillion that you could pick a perfect bracket. That's the chances? Yeah, presumably a quintillion is 500 million. Five hundred so quintillion one, is one, one in nine point two five hundred million or five million. Yeah, there we go. Oh, so okay. it's nine times five. So yeah, so it's basically one in forty-five million chance of hitting a perfect bracket. Okay, so there's about eight eight to ten people in this country that can do it every year. Um, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, the math is with you. I'll the, the, tell you, the Virginia it. fans got it wrong right off the bat. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. so the perfect bracket is probably not going to happen. Uh, one of our favorite guys, Warren Buffett, actually famously offered something like a trillion dollars or some crazy amount uh, that he offered anybody that could come up with a perfect bracket. This was probably about 10 years ago. And of course, you know, nobody hit the perfect bracket, but you know, he had that relieved look on his face, you know, because of course science was with him. If, 
somehow, if I offer that, you just know there'd be 10 people get it right. <laughs> My <laughs> the luck. second you did it. Yeah. Warren Buffett does it. It's uh, a comedy moment. You do it. It's like pay up. Oh pay up, gosh. Junior. The lowest seed to ever win the tournament was number eight Villanova back in 1985. And then uh, the year 2008 came along. They call it an anomaly year because that year in 2008, all the number one seeds went to the final four. And then that year it was Kansas, North Carolina, UCLA, and Memphis. And you know from filling out your bracket, what are the chances that all the number one teams go to the final four? Yeah, I don't don't see that happening this year at all. It's pretty low. Uh You know, UNC had the unfortunate thing this year. They were ranked number one preseason. And then are, were you aware of their saga following the end of their season? Well, I just knew they were ranked number one preseason, and they did not yes. even make the tournament. They did not make the tournament. They were the first team to ever be ranked that high preseason and then not make the tournament. And then uh, they famously turned around the NIT, the National Invitational Tournament, which is sort of a – Uh, it's kind of like a triple a tournament compared to the ncaa tournament Mm -hmm. uh they offered university of north carolina a chance to go and they famously turned them down i okay i did not know that wow yeah that is uh well you're north carolina you're the home of michael jordan and all those and dean smith and all those championships if the if the second rate Attorney's going to contact you. You just say, "Look, we didn't make the the big one. We're not doing it." I you, you can sort of respect that, can't you? I don't know. Yeah, I I think you can, but boy, that what a footnote to their season, where you know the mighty have fallen so far. So uh, I hope best of they, luck to UNC who has to regroup now. Well, I hope they they don't regroup, and I hope they don't make the real tournament for ten more years. And that finally, <laughs> the NIT does not invite them, and then they have to call the NIT and say, please, we let us play? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you said about the NIT. According to my research, the NIT was bigger in the 50s than the NCAA tournament. No kidding. Yeah, it's only been the last 25, 30 years that the NCAA tournament has become a more clear-cut favorite to college basketball fans that must have to do with the rise in popularity of jim nance could be um or or not i don't know well and it's funny you even brought up jim nance because it was brent musburger who actually coined the phrase march madness and he did that in 1982 later it became the official trademark of the NCAA, and you and I know, once things get trademarked, that really changes how those phrases can be used uh, in a commercial sense. I have a a little um, college basketball tournament trivia for you, Jay. I don't know if if many of our listeners know this, but uh, I host another show called Yacht Rock Radio, and one of our uh, signature artist is Christopher Cross, who famously sang the song Sailing, which is uh, right. one of the staples of Yacht Rock. Well, do you know, I gave you a hint there with Christopher Cross, do you know the song that was last used before the song uh, One Shining Moment, which is now, I, I'd say since about 1983, 
they've used the song "One Shining Moment" as the song, the the sort of unofficial theme song of of the championship game. At the end of the game, they right. they sort of edit together a lot of highlights from the entire tournament, and they play it after the game during the song called "One Shining Moment." They did that uh, the season, the year before "One Shining Moment." They used a Christopher Cross song to do that. Oh, okay. It was uh, it was the song "All Right." And, you know, do you want me to sing it for you? Yes, please do. <laughs> it Re- goes, refresh my memory. I apologize to our listeners. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's all right. I think I'm going to make it. Oh, da, yeah. Da, 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 da. And so they, they'd sync up, you know, there'd be some guy diving on the floor, knocking the ball out of bounds with the lyric, you know, I think I'm going to make it. And uh, I think they used that song too. They used a different song almost every year through the late seventies and, and early eighties, and then they used Christopher Cross "All Right" for a couple seasons in a row, and then uh, one shining moment appears, and the rest is history. No, you're absolutely correct. I know that for a great length of time in the eighties, uh, for the final sixteen, which is known affectionately as the Sweet Sixteen. They would use the song "This Is It" from Kenny Loggins. Okay, well, there's the, who's the, kind of kind of a yacht rock guy. Yacht as well. rock uh, connections continue, and and you know the most uh, this time of year, the spring sporting season, right after uh, the NCAA tourney. In fact, they advertise it through, they promote it through the entire tournament. Is the Masters right on CBS? Right, because yes. CBS carries all these college basketball games, so they'll do promos for. The Masters, a tradition like no other. The the gentleman that wrote this, the theme song for the Masters was Dave Loggins, who is Kenny Loggins' cousin. There you go. Uh, who Great famously science. sang the, the huge hit, Please Come Home to Boston. Um, boy, this is the best, most informed public affairs radio show in America uh, right now. Nobody knows more than you and I in these great old yacht rock tunes. <laughs> the Midwest owes a great deal of gratitude to a very young coach. In fact, he is still the youngest coach to ever win an NCAA tournament title. His name, Emmett Branch McCracken. He was a coach at Indiana University in 1940 at the age of 31 and won the NCAA tournament. Well, that's not that young. I mean, life expectancy back then was like 52 years old, wasn't it? There you go. He um, was like a middle-aged man. Yeah. Absolutely. You'll love this. Uh, the tournament's been going on for about 80 years, but only 35 teams have claimed the NCAA championship. You know, thanks to Kansas and Duke and North Carolina, that uh, they're, they're just not spreading their wealth to the other teams that would like to bring home a trophy. So that's not no, fair. No, you're absolutely That's not correct. fair, Kansas. It's not fair at all. Even UCLA was in there winning several championships, Duke as well. And, you know, while those teams are not as expected to do as well this year, they certainly are. Have you ever noticed when you fill out your bracket, you go, I think Duke's really good. <laughs> maybe. It's easy. Kinda, yeah. Sort of. It's maybe. so easy to hate them. And uh, it was such a glorious year that they didn't do that well this year. But, you know, you know they're going to go far. Um, oh, sure. Doggone it, Duke. <laughs> and can you imagine? You mentioned UCLA. Can you imagine uh, going to school there in the in, during the 60s 
when they won 10 out of 11 national championships. Yeah, or pretty being, impressive. You know, being an alumnus. Uh, just um, talk about just an amazing time period. As hard as it is to win, it, seemingly in this day and age, it's, it's impossible to win your conference championship, let alone a national championship. And to win like 10 in a row, that's just insane. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And for many uh, universities, they refer to it as the front porch of the university. So if you were UCLA back in that era, your front porch was, hey, look at our basketball team. And we know, too, that uh, spectacularly in the Midwest, Butler did exceedingly well in a number of NCAA tournament uh, games. And Butler is a small school, uh, somewhat obscure, but yet uh, they really enjoyed the fruits of their basketball team. So these these events become the front porch of the university. It's an amazing sport, uh, and it doesn't happen a- anywhere else. In college football, you're never going to have a 100th ranked team player beat the the number one team. You know, F- Furman is never going to beat Alabama in football. But you know what? Furman could beat Alabama in basketball. All you got to do is happen. you just got to shoot and not miss. <laughs> there you go. So, it's, it's so it's, simple. I could coach. It's so simple. <laughs> let me let me tell you oh. a thing or two about basketball. Oh, and Jay. by the way, Best of luck to your uh, Purdue Boilermakers who find themselves a number one seed. Well, uh, and uh, you know we're hoping for good things from them. We'll see. At the time of the recording of this show, they are still in the tournament. Uh, hopefully, nobody's laughing at the radio right now because they've already lost. Jay Baker, thank you so much for joining me this week. Uh, as always, this show and our previous shows are in podcast form on our website, AdamRitzShow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.